Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom and insights to help you to lead, manage and coach in football, sports and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to the Leader Manager Coach podcast. It's Rob Riles welcoming you to another program. Real excited today to bring you some learning experiences that I've had this week and probably also over the past month some things that have been brought into perspective that I think will really help you and hopefully you'll be able to profit by them. If you haven't listened to the podcast before or this is your first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, It's called Leader Manager Coach. It's all about leadership. It's all about management and coaching with a specific reference to football, grassroots football, professional football, but it's also got key principles in it that run through life. So if you have an interest in business, if you have a property business or you have a, listen, if you're even you know, a leader for your family, if you're an organization, if you're a coach in another arena, or you you have a, a job where you're part of an organization, the principles in this podcast will undoubtedly help you. I hope you enjoy it. It's just that my passion and my my profession is football and um, that's what we what we aim it at but the the principles as we often talk about will go through all aspects of life because uh, we believe that success is the same no matter where what arena it's in because the principles of, of success are a, are a common theme now what I want to start talking about today are goals and deadlines and the reason I want to talk to you about it the, the backstory behind this the story behind this is that a few, obviously, I'm not quite sure when you'll be listening to this, but um, at the time of recording, um, a few weeks away from moving out of the country that I'm in to another country to start a contract. And without going into too much detail, um, I'm going to go and work in in Asia. And uh, a gentleman called Paul Smalley spoke to me a, a good few weeks ago. In fact, it's months now and said, you know, this is what we're looking to do. This is what we're, we're looking at. And do you think this is something you'll be interested in? And following a number of emails and conversations and such like, we came to agreements and we came to conclusions and the decision was made that I would go and be part of Paul's team and would work for the Bangladesh Football Federation. Now, I don't know how many of you listening to this have actually worked abroad or have made quite quite considerable changes in your life but one thing that that occurs when you make those decisions is you realize that you're probably best to put into place things that will enable you to do your do your work properly and focus and do what it is you're going to be paid to do with a clear mind so in light of that once I'd made that decision there were seemingly a myriad of things, an absolute plethora of things that I needed to do in order to put my house in order, if you like, so that when I started this project, when I moved abroad to another country, I was mentally and physically prepared to do the job and I hadn't got things that were on my mind that were needed to get done, needed to be done, needed to be completed 
back home and as far as reasonably possible all the projects were, were kind of ticked off and done and what happened was I ended up with this pretty significant list of things that I needed to do which were part of plans of goals that I'd already set things that were in place whether that was financial or whether that was business or that was sport or it was coaching or leadership or preparation for this that and the other so there were all these things which you will all have in your lives depending on what what arenas you're in, whether that's a family thing, you know, it might be, as I say, your work or your coaching, whatever it is for you. And these things have been bubbling along for, as they do, for weeks and weeks and weeks, for months and months and months. Some things take ages to come to fruition. Some things happen really quickly. Some are small goals, some are big ones, but we all have them in our lives. And what I've realized looking back, as I'm almost not too far away from the point of getting done, quite a lot of the things and almost ready to to leave and start a new chapter in my work life is that I've achieved more or let's put it like this more things have got done in the past six weeks than a I thought was reasonably possible prior to that and more things have got done than or been done or achieved not just by myself but facilitated probably by actions that I've put into place more things have been achieved got done because I've had to and I had a deadline and that deadline forced me to do things. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been aware of goal setting. I've been aware of setting targets and goals and putting plans and and actioning those plans and reviewing those plans and going again and then reviewing them again and actioning them more and reviewing again until we get to the desired result or as far as possible towards the goal. And I've been aware of that for years and years and years. And what I'm certainly not saying is that, you know, I do, I do it day in, day out and perfectly well. But it's something that I attempt to do. And what this process has shown me, amongst many other things, is that we often, A, underestimate what it is we can do and b we don't sometimes push ourselves hard enough and one of the things that became obvious to me was that there were certain things and i am absolutely certain that you will have these now in your life and in your mind there are probably there are probably things that you need to do in order to get from where you are now to where you'd like to be Now, those things may be a telephone call. They may be making an appointment. It might be sitting down, reading a certain set of instructions and actually actioning something. It might be going and visiting somebody. It might be clearing something out. It might be going and having an uncomfortable conversation with somebody. But you can bet your bottom dollar that it's not something that you actually relish doing. It's not something that you actually want to do, but it's something that absolutely must be done if you're going to get through to the next stage. And what this process has taught me is the the absolute freedom of just thinking, I've got to do this because I do not want the discomfort of having this boiling and bubbling while I'm trying to focus on what it is I need to focus on and giving my absolute best shot to the people who are going to be my my employers. So I just bit the bullet and day by day, I just ticked off lists and I just did them. I didn't go through the process of thinking, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I didn't do that because I couldn't if I wanted to get them done because it was so important to me to have them done because the job is important, the focus is important 
And that's the key, isn't it? What, how important is the thing that you want to you? Because if it's not that important, you probably don't or won't do what you need to do, or you will leave it and let it happen, 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 happen in its own time. And that's been a real key learning thing for me. And I'm going to take that forward. And maybe you can just pick something up from this and think, you know what? There is value in setting deadlines. Now, I want to balance that off with saying it's brought into my life a considerable amount of pressure because I've wanted, stroke needed, not needed, it's wanted or desired really, to get things done. And you often will do that for yourselves. You may set a goal and you think, right, I need to do this. And you know what? We're all guilty of this, aren't we? That we set our targets and our goals and we bite off more than we can chew. I'm certainly guilty of that. I don't know about you if that's your, that's your norm that you try and get there too quickly, too soon, do too much, do too many things. And there's a balance, isn't there? So there is a balance between absolutely f- flogging yourself till you can't take another breath, but then again, not doing enough. And, and, and I'm not certain that it's about that necessarily. What I'm thinking it's about, it's actually looking at what you need to do, focusing in on the key things that need to be done. You know, Rob Moore in his business talks about doing the key fundamentals and if you do these key things then it will have an enormous effect on your business if you spend half your time doing your administration and that doesn't give you the time to go out and do the real key things that earn your business the profit the money the finances and all the cutting edge it's where you need to be doing what you're great at what you're skilled at what you get paid for what gives you the most results in your life And if you can do that, which is often uncomfortable, it's much better. You'll get much better results. And what this has taught me is there are key things that I need to do if I want to get to point B and I've actually gone and done them because I've had a deadline. Why didn't I do them six weeks ago? Because I didn't have a deadline. That's the only conclusion I can have. And maybe you've got a couple of things in your life. So just maybe as a learning experience, have a look and see what are the certain things that are maybe and you could probably pick them out of your conscious now and say, that's that's niggling at me, that's niggling at me, and that's niggling at me. And just test and see how you feel once you've done them and see how the kind of universe opens up and leads you to the next plateau and the next plane to do stuff. That's been a big, real key learning experience. Another great thing that that's, that's I've read about in the media this week, and as I'm, as I'm talking to you now, as I'm recording this, this has been the week when four... English teams have qualified for the European finals. You know, so Chelsea and Arsenal, the Europa League and Liverpool and and Tottenham Hotspur for the Champions League. And this week, particularly with Liverpool and particularly with Spurs, we've been gifted with some of the most unbelievable football experiences that, that a lot of people will actually have in their lives. You know, not not every day, not every decade and not many in every lifetime do you experience the kind of things that happened in the professional game, particularly with Liverpool and particularly with Spurs in terms of what they achieved in those particular games. And it has been a marvellous, marvellous week, you know, dependent upon what your point of view is, but just from the spectacle and just from why, why the game is called the beautiful game and why we do love it so much and why it changes lives so much 
much of that understanding can come from looking beneath the surface of the results and seeing the emotion, not just of the supporters, but of the professional people who are at the top of their game, the managers, the clops, the Pochettinos, and just looking at them and seeing their responses to the outcomes of those games. And that is why football is such a powerful, powerful medium. And it has been a blessing to be around the game at this time. But the other story that's been just going around a little bit is um, something that caught my eye, and you may well have missed it because, you know, it's not something that's that's been headlines. But um, obviously I've talked about it a little bit before. I've talked about Norwich City, and I've talked about how Norwich City, a little while ago, if you read read around around the club and read a little bit of the the recent history around the club, how they made a decision a few years ago to concentrate on the long game. Not the long game in the game, but in terms of longevity, in terms of looking to the future and and going for things in the future rather than thinking we've got to get a result today. And they sacrifice now results by not going out and buying expensive players and not trying to get results now, but developing youth, developing young players, developing loyalty, developing a culture within the club with the right staff so that they would get success in the future. And as we all know, Norwich City are currently doing extremely well. And for me, it is a testament to that philosophy, the long-term philosophy. Now, linked to that this week, I read an article about Burnley. And Sean Dyche, who's been at Burnley for, the manager at Burnley for a good few years now, has achieved some miraculous things. Now, he's had some adversity. Uh, Burnley got relegated from the Premier League and got promoted back again to the Premier League. No no mean feat that. And when you listen to Sean Dyche talk, I listen to him when he does his interviews. I've heard him when he was on a podcast. And he talks common sense about the long-term benefits of doing things the right way. And again, I think that football club, in terms of the infrastructure that they're putting in place or they've put in place their training ground, their ground, and when you read about how they run their club in terms of their standards and the culture, the behaviours they expect and what they are doing, they are setting their stall out. They are putting a foundation in place that is creating the fundamentals that ensure a degree of success which will not be based upon how expensive a player it is you buy. It will be based upon getting the best out of the resources, i.e. the people that you have at your disposal. And that is the philosophy that I honestly believe is the the best way forward. And I think another great example of that is probably Bournemouth Football Club, who have, you know, almost, almost forgotten their meteoric rise um, that they've gone through and achieved and stabilised. That you know they are a they are a, a great little club and um, got a very very young manager who was you know it, it doesn't do it justice to say he's done amazingly well. But I think that they just keep their head down. They do the right things. They do the sensible things. They invest well, and they reap the rewards of that. And all those three clubs, Bournemouth. Burnley and Norwich City for me are are examples I'm not sure that they're all of them but they're examples of creating the right culture and you may be creating the right culture you may be in a business it may be in another sport 
It may be in your job. Hopefully it will be in your family. You know, when we talk about culture, we talk about environments. We talk about how people respect each other. We talk about, you know, the the, the basics of, of relationships. And it doesn't matter what arena you're in. If they think those things aren't right, then there will be disharmony. If there's disharmony, there's unlikely to be sustained success. So hats off to those three clubs, Norwich, Burnley and Bournemouth, um, just as examples. And it would do all of us in the game um, it would do us all a service if we just had a little look at what they're doing. There's a, two or three articles floating about on social media that you could have a look at, which um, I think are well worth well worth having a look at. Now, the other thing that, um, and I've probably mentioned this before, is I've had a couple of learning experiences this week and I wanted to share those with you. I, I sometimes like to, if something has a quite a profound effect during my working week, whether that's with players or staff, or other members of the public, I like to share them. And um, this week we've had our, our player reviews at the club or we've been talking about doing you know, the, the next phase of player reviews at the club. And this is where we, in the professional game, as in, in an academy, we, we make, make judgments on how players are doing, how they're evolving, what their development strong points are, what their development weak points are, how we can help them, you know, and... and the brut- the brutal side of the game is you know do we need to release this 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 um boy because it's you know it doesn't seem that they're going to have the ability to achieve what they need to achieve in in order to have a career in the game and this has happened before where and I'm probably talking to maybe just the parents here as well as coaches but we have to take a step back sometimes and I've had to take a step back and ha- I have to realise, I've had to realise that the subject that I'm talking about are 13-year-old adolescents. So they're, you know, in terms of their school age, they're 13 years of age. And I have to take a step back and I have to remind myself, and I've had to this week, that and question myself as to, how much can I expect this young man to do at this age? And are my expectations way above what I think they should be? Because I made some judgments on a couple of players this week and are in, in and around the discussions at the club, which we have because we care about what we do. We care about the decisions. We make lots of due diligence. We give lots of due diligence so that we, we really do come up with the right, the right answer, the right decision as far as we're concerned. Nothing's made off the cuff. And if you're a coach, if you're a parent, if you're somebody dealing with a young adolescent, maybe you're a teacher, we haven't got a clue often what is going on in the brain, in the mind, in the life of a 13 stroke 14 year old boy and sometimes we are making decisions on them when they're not doing what it is we want them to do what we think they are capable of and it's just at this particular moment in time in their developmental process in where they are they're not capable of doing what it is that we want to do they don't understand they haven't got the cognitive processes they can't translate the messages that you give no matter whether you give them visually or you know through an auditory process or you show them kinesthetically and you take them through the processes it doesn't seem to translate into a positive outcome and just as a little reminder to me and it was a big reminder to me I have to remember that these are young adolescents in the first of their teenage years with another nine nine years to go before they get to you know their 
their second, third decade of life. So I need to remind myself that. I thought it was a great learning experience that sometimes I just need to take a step back and say, hey, what was I like when I was that age? And in two months' time, will this this young man be able to do what a little bit of what we're asking him to do? Maybe they can, maybe they can't. But that was a great experience for me and um, a big learning one. And on that vein... The other thing that came to me this week that was a blessing was that there's a person who I come across probably every couple of weeks in my working life um, who doesn't work with me directly but works with me indirectly. And I always seem to struggle with how this person went about what they had to do. And um, it's just a learning experience. So, you know, there's no need to be, it's just a learning experience just to share. So this person was involved with another client and so I interacted with them um, in terms of helping this client and and you know we, we we kind of had professional interactions and I always struggled with the communication always struggled with how timely they were and in the manner which they did things and to the point whereby I was quite frustrated at times but because of the situation, because of the circumstances, I wasn't in, in the same employment arena as them or they weren't really directly anything to do with me. It wasn't something that, you know, I, I could easily address. And, and in fact, it wasn't a, an addressable issue in terms of that. It was just me being frustrated. And I'm sure you can relate to that. How many people in your life frustrate you on a daily basis? You feel frustrated and you think it's them. We all think it's the other person, don't we? And then, amazingly enough, circumstances came around that myself and this person we engaged in a in a conversation. We were we were put in a situation where we had a little bit of downtime, and we were engaged in a conversation. And this person told me about their life experience. And within thirty seconds of this person telling me about their life experience, I totally changed my opinion of this person. So the story is that for three years, I had this opinion about this person. And based on that opinion and how they presented, I had this frustration of interaction. And then all of a sudden, after 30 seconds of clear, concise conversation, and it wasn't just about superficial things, it was like a life story conversation. But after 30 seconds of that, I changed my opinion. And how many of those situations exist in our lives? How many of those might exist in, in, in your life? When the, the driver peeps their horn at you or pushes, won't let you in traffic and you get frustrated and you don't know why because we don't know. I talked about this on a previous podcast. I think it came out last week. It's called Backstories. It's well worth listening to because when we don't know the backstory, we haven't got a clue what's going on. We assume. I had a conversation with my daughter this week because she rang me up and she was a bit upset and she was telling me about how that she, she felt upset about this. And, and what she was essentially telling me was that she was assuming that other people thought a certain way about her. And I had to say to her, look, you are just in an assumptive process and how many times are we in an assumptive process and we assume things and we are a million miles away and we base our whole emotional life on an assumption and 
it was another great learning experience that we should, ne- it's not wise, I shouldn't say never, it's not wise to be in an assumptive state of mind because, you know, if we assume, we're just guessing. We do not know. And if we can gain clarity and we can find out because the circumstances allow us to do that, then great. We'll probably have a much better view and be able to make a much better assessment of the situation. If we can't do that, you know, it's about learning just to understand that, hey, everybody's on their own journey. Some people might be frustrated. We don't know if they fell out with their husband or wife. We don't know whether they've had an absolute travesty in their life. They've lost a child. They're going through a, a... a separation or a divorce or or whatever it is we haven't got a clue and we make judgments on that which impact us and that is something that I, w- I was I was certainly doing and a little bit of clarity and communication made all the difference so there we go that's all I want to talk about this week I've had some some decent learning experiences and I hope they can help you so you know is it worth you having a look at what's going on in your your goal setting life and setting some deadlines and giving yourself a, a little bit of a steely challenge and say, do you know what? I'm going to do A, B and C and D and see where that leads me. Is it worth looking at? Are you playing the short game or the long game? Because if you look at all the success in the world, it seems to be from the long game. And remember that we all make judgments and we make judgments on our own thought processes. And we it's worth questioning regularly and frequently as to whether those thought processes are accurate or are they based on assumptions. I hope that helps. A um, little bit of leadership stuff there that might help you in your in your leadership, your management and coaching. But again, thanks for listening. Always appreciate always appreciate any feedback. If you want to catch me, it's LinkedIn. Um, my website's www.robriles.co.uk. Great to chat. Speak to you later. Bye-bye.